0: The bards must drink and junk it. Hello, friends and strangers, and thank you for listening to Tomorrow Tomorrow We Die, Die, a show about the trials and adventures that happen while touring as a working musician, told to you by people who have built their lives or portions of their lives around writing and playing the music that they love. We are your hosts. I'm John Wisniewski. And I'm Jeffrey McNulty. And every episode, we will bring you an interview with people who
1: are out there day-to-day grinding against the many odds just to come home to a punk house that's infested with bats. Ugh. Completely infested. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so gross. I mean, I'm not even afraid of bats, and I think that's gross.
0: Yeah, it'd be gross. I'm
1: down with bats, though. They're, it's just too cool. But I mean, do you know that you're afraid of them until
0: you confront them like in that manner? You know what I'm talking about? I've never had bats in my house. There was a point in my childhood where I grew up on a farm for a little bit, Uh huh. and they had fence posts that were just built. Word. Just built by hand. To keep the rain off the fence post, you'd put a coffee can upside down on top of the fence post. Oh, yeah, sure. And me and the other kids who lived there would just walk around, and then you'd lift up the fence post and watch the bats fly out. There's a bat. There's a bat. (laughs) Is that Washington? Yeah. It's a little bat. Yeah, North Bend. So little bats. Yeah, super cool. Yeah. yeah,
1: little guys. Little teeny tiny guys. Not like the big ones you get in the South, like the ones in Austin and stuff, where you're like, whoa, that is a no. flying rat.
0: <laughs> no, but I have been shit on by a bat in Austin. That happened. That's good luck. Yep. That means you're going to have a killer show <laughs> at South by Southwest. I
1: know. And <laughs> I've never washed my guns. hair. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> You and everybody else, uh-huh. you know, during this uh, COVID time, it's given me a lot of good ideas, but I think this is a great one. I think it's time for me to start a spin off of this show called Tomorrow We Diet which is that. all about eventually how we're going to lose the COVID-19 or how we're actually doing it. You mm-hmm. know, that extra 19 plus pounds that we've put on since the uh, <laughs> right. sitting around and working from home and all that
0: bullshit. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, my God. It's so easy to just pour yourself a drink immediately at 5. Oh, yeah. And just get rolling with your night. Yeah, and I mean,
1: in my case, you know, since I don't work a 9 to 5 job, yeah. you know, 4 o'clock rolls around, and I'm like, it's 5
0: o'clock somewhere,
1: crack, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you yeah, switch yeah, yeah.
1: to like light beer and then you switch to the, you know, alcoholic seltzers. You know, none of it works. You actually have to get off of your ass
0: and yeah. walk around <laughs> and like turns, turn- out, <laughs> turns out if you're drinking from five till midnight, it doesn't really no, matter it what doesn't it doesn't matter. It's really bad for yeah, you. Yeah, it's really bad for
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta like switch over to like maybe eating good again and not just door dashing whatever the hell you actually yeah. feel like eating. You're like, No, I'm gonna make some lentils and uh yeah, stress
0: meals. This is Ooh. gonna
1: be good. Uh, Totally. I've been there, you know, and you get drunk, and and that's the problem is, is like with the COVID thing is like, you know, you're drinking from five, it gets to be seven, eight o'clock, whatever, maybe it's nine o'clock, the next thing you know, you're ordering stupid shit because you don't even care. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Totally. Yeah. I haven't had nachos in so long. Yeah, it's been two days. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Today, we have some awesome guests that me and Jeff are so psyched about. When we started this show, they were like a bucket list check item. Definitely. Gotta get definitely gotta get this band on. And we got them. Yes. And I'm super excited. Today we have Laura Pleasance and Corey Barhorst, who for about 15 years played together in an iconic sludge metal group called Kylesa. Kylesa.
1: They were uh, everybody's favorite band for a very long time and I was right there you know I remember one South by Southwest where I was wearing a Kylesa shirt <laughs> and it was like an older one you know because I'm cool and I played with them before that or whatever but of like I'm walking down the street and that kid's got it that kid's got a Kylesa shirt that kid and, and Zach was like hey how come you have such a trendy shirt on? <laughs>
0: <laughs> there was a good chunk of time where you couldn't go to a show without seeing Kylesa merch everywhere yeah it's true It's true. And I, ugh, I
1: unfortunately got my Kylesa t-shirt, the vintage one, the badass one, got cut off of me the last time I crashed my Vespa by an EMT. And when he was doing it, (laughs) I
0: literally said,
1: not the Kylesa shirt.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Uh So a little backstory on Kailessa, they started out on Prank Records, which was an underground Bay Area punk area label. Punk label, yeah. yeah. Prank was like known for like extremely fast and sort of like brutal dark punk albums. Yeah, those guys in Life is Abuse were putting out yeah. crazy shit at that time. And then like this band joins their roster and they were kind of like the odd person out on the label, a little bit more slow and heavy and loud. And somehow they just like fully won over the punk crowds that they were playing to and yeah. sort of got associated with by being on that label. And that was cool at the time, you know, to sort of have this like flagship heavy band sort of like playing with punk bands at the punk shows. Yeah, you know, kind of like how Akimbo used to do back in the day. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> <laughs> there's a, I was actually thinking about this a lot. And there's, there's a bunch of bands that sort of like, Helped this crossover happen, yeah. And I would never say Akimbo was one of them. Well, I would, but I absolutely say that Kylesa was right there with like High on Fire and uh, Floor, Mastodon, like early Mastodon. Didn't mean to cut you Um, off on that Floor thing because Floor
1: is seminal when it comes to that whole scene. Totally,
0: yeah. And Unsane's another one. There's there's a bunch of bands that sort of like I'd say they they kind of like stamped down a lot of the weeds in the field. Yeah, that would eventually bring us like Baroness and like Veller Talk and a bunch of these better known sort of like crossover like heavy rock punk bands mm. and so yeah Kylesa was
1: right there they were, and I think the reason why they won people over so readily is because, A, their music was so good, and they were so fucking loud. They rolled out with these crank amps, you know? That's the same amps that Dimebag Daryl was playing when he went tube, you know? And they were so loud, and they were like, everyone had a full stack. Yeah. And then they decided to have another drummer join the band because they had to be extra loud, <laughs> yeah. you know, like trying the James Brown thing. And we talk about that a little later in the thing about, like, what was it like to tour with two drummers that weren't playing little teeny tiny jazz kits, you I
2: <laughs> totally. to the big, yeah.
0: giant, fucking John Bonham kid. <laughs> Suffice it to say, Jeff and I are huge fans of the band. Always have, and friends
1: pretty much the whole yeah. time since we met him.
0: Now, yeah, that's where I was going. We were, we were both lucky enough to get to play shows with them and get to know them while they were playing, so it's great. And I'm really eager to get into this interview and play some Kylesa. Killer. All right, here's a track from Kylesa. This is from their, their first release. This is... Maybe my favorite song of theirs. They have uh-huh. a lot of great songs. Yeah, I remember playing with them and seeing them play the song live and every single time they played it crushed you. Crushing. It's so heavy, so crushing. This is a song called Descend Within and it is probably my favorite song of theirs. Welcome to the show guys hey thanks for taking a minute
3: thanks for having us yeah, yeah thank you my name is Laura Pleasance and I started the band Kailessa in 2001 and toured with that band for until 2015 man but I don't think we start and then uh, my current project is the discussion
0: mm. that's a cool project too thank you tell people about what that's like
3: it's my solo project Although I did take it on the road in 2017, but it's just it's a quite a departure from Kailasa. It's definitely more psychedelic mm-hmm. and uh, not metal, mm-hmm. kind of post-punk, shoegazy. It's just like alternative rock, psych stuff.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be checking that out as soon as we are done. <laughs> cool. <laughs> For I have sure. a new single
3: out, so it's cool. Rad. Corey's got to make his introduction though.
0: I I guess we could do Corey. Yeah, right, Corey. Yeah, we're in this together. <laughs> He's All the right. witty
3: guest.
4: Exactly. <laughs> you know, like some dry material ever since. But anyway, Corey Barhorse and I uh, played bass and vocals and keyboards in Kyla. And I currently play in a band, Black Tusk, doing bass and vocals as well.
1: Yeah,
0: great
4: bands.
1: No, oh,
0: thank mm-hmm. you. And how long have you guys both been sort of like musicianing professionally?
3: I started professionally. It was Kailasa, so we started touring in two thousand three, and we hit it
1: really hard. Yeah, you did.
3: We hit the ground running, so to speak. Yeah. So um, I don't know if we were professionals when we started,
0: but <laughs> we no, not at all. We just
3: started <laughs> and didn't uh-huh. stop.
0: <laughs> so your first tour was that the first Kailasa tour? Yes. What was that like?
3: Eye-opening in awesome. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: I
1: heard you had a, a crazy first day of your very first tour.
3: Well, the first tour didn't happen. It got canceled because we were supposed to meet up with Artemis Pyle. You were from Oakland mm-hmm. and on Prank Records, and our first record was on Prank Records. And we played a great show with them in Savannah. Nice. With I think Unpersons also played.
0: Great Savannah mm-hmm. Band. If
3: you were a great Savannah band. Yeah. And then we were to drive to Florida the next day to Gainesville. And our van broke down on the way. Like it blew a head gasket. <laughs> and and we were basically done.
1: That was so, it. First day out,
2: no tour.
3: We stayed in Florida. We were in Gainesville. We played a couple of shows to help raise some money. We stayed at our friend Dave's place. We bought a new van. From an ex-cop, nice, <laughs> <laughs> and it broke down.
1: Oh, oh man! Shit. Same tour. Can't trust those cops.
3: Like as soon as we bought the damn thing, I spent my entire savings account on this van. Oh, and I was so I was so hungry to go on tour, and was, we were all super naive. It was like a '79 Ford. Yeah, and we're like, oh, it was it was fourteen hundred bucks, and he was like, as is. <laughs> and it broke down and he like w- he would not take it back
0: and how far Son were you bitch. from the purchase zone when it broke down like did you did you drive it home or was it like on the drive home no no just... no it uh... was
3: like on the drive back to the guy's house in gainesville right, Corey?
0: yeah yeah
4: it was so um some of us went out to get the van and then some of us stayed at this house we were staying at so we got out there and you know like it was this it was way out in the country in florida and yeah, like well, dear. Like um, Laura said, it was like this old retired ex cop and mm-hmm. it's like we should, that, should, that
3: was like the first red flag. I mean.
4: <laughs> he literally said, he said things like that van will drive to Alaska and back boys. It's a it's a great one.
3: Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, he, he was feeding us all sorts of shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh,
4: so the van is getting driven back and our drummer at the time makes a phone call to us and is just like, I bought the van. It's awesome. You know, tour's on. You know, and like we're yeah. all getting stuck. Like I think we start packing and shit, and then like fifteen minutes goes by, twenty minutes, you know, half oh, no. hour, and we're like, oh fuck, man, something's wrong. <laughs> and so we finally get a hold of them because you know this is also like no one had fucking cell phones or anything yeah, at this yeah. point. And yeah, it's like the van like threw a rod, oh, you know, like yeah. it was just like bullshit. And then there was this mechanic that was helping us out, and the drummer and I were like over there, like messing, helping the mechanic and messing around, you know, trying to like, you know, salvage this fucking van that we just bought.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. I, uh,
4: the cussing, that's, a, that's cool, right? Or,
1: yeah, I cuss as much as you want,
2: motherfucker. Yeah.
4: Okay. <laughs> good, good, because I, I cuss a very, a lot. As do we. So we got the van where we thought it was like, I don't know, good to go. Yeah. And, but it was like super shitty, man. Like, um, this guy who was like traveling with us, Jeremy was gonna sit on the spare tire with a pillow the entire tour. <laughs> we oh, didn't no. care.
3: We just we just wanted to go. We yeah, had punk. never been. Yeah, we we were
4: either. so fucking soaked. And I was we're-
3: so like devastated. And like every day kept going by and it was like, there's no way we can catch up. You know?
4: Yeah. It's just
3: like we gotta
4: just call it. We left Gainesville, and we were trying to get to like what was it like Washington or something like? It was something yeah, I don't know and, if it was
3: Texas or no, no, it was. I north, can't like, remember.
4: Regardless, like we were just like, oh, we're gonna make it, and I remember we got like right to where Savannah is, and it was just like, man, this thing isn't doing more than thirty miles an hour. Oh, <laughs> we oh can't drive it, you know?
3: So funny thing about that van, I, I was stuck with it. I can't remember, I, you know, we did some work to it and then I, I parked it on like the, one of the main streets near where we lived and put a uh-huh. for sale sign on it. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking back from like Carl and Jeremy's house. Carl was the drummer for the Unprimed at the time. Okay. okay. And then later was in Kailessa. But I, I was partying at their house the night before and I, I passed out on their couch or something and I was like walking back. Super hungover, and I'm like, I look, and I'm like, wait a minute, did that van
0: move?
2: (laughs) Oh no!
3: (laughs) And I'm like, and then I see that it it got hit.
0: Oh shit! Like
3: the back was like smashed, Uh and it had like scooted forward. It,
4: it was it was That's like a whole
0: yard's length. It was like pretty far. Like what you needed to do was get that cop back and sell the van for you, for sale as is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this will go for the last come back.
3: I'm like standing there dumbfounded, and this like cop rolls up, and he's like, "Hey, is that your van?" And I was like, "Uh, yeah." He's like, "Just so happens, I know what happened to it."
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god, what?
3: He's like <laughs> a kid hit it drunk uh, and it was a hit and run and he went back to his grandpa's house and his grandpa made him confess and and fess up. So I was like, ah, so I eventually just got insurance money for it. Oh, that's great. Which was ended up working out. Better than trying to sell it because yeah. no one
1: was. Yeah, no, it. It. that van that was like shot. Like. It
3: was like, here, buy the shitty van from me, please.
1: Oh, man. ACAB.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Uh, you mentioning your uh, your buddy or your your roadie or travel friend or whoever just sitting on a pillow on the spare tire oh, yeah. for the yeah. whole the spare tour. Tire. It's so like... Akimbo's second van had no back seat, nothing. Yeah. So we'd load the gear back there. And we bought a love seat from a thrift store and that was our back seat, it was just a Classic. couch. And <laughs> yeah. um, the the feet of the love seat were like just slightly not fit in there. So we actually had to take the feet off. So we had a love seat <laughs> that would slide around the back of the van when anyone would take a turn. And then you've got like <laughs>
3: You didn't. You didn't like. Uh, uh, no. 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 Uh-uh. No. And then you've got. No, of course not. You've got like, like, you've got like. <laughs>
0: you've got like amps and cabinets and drums right behind it. Right. So like. Oh, that's so dangerous. So man. Dangerous. I know, I know. Oh my god.
2: Crazy.
0: <laughs> Death You trap. know, but well, it was Death also trap. like lower that first
4: van. Also, the captain's chair seats that we had in the back.
2: Yeah.
4: Were just literally like pieces, like I don't know, like two by fours or something that like. um christian and i like found and just like or jeremy or whatever bolted them through and like the they would like move and shimmy like you know
3: yeah i mean that van was a piece of shit
0: yeah Yeah. man i've been there affectionately look back on all of our shitty vans
3: then we finally got a van and went on tour and that van served us fairly well even though Mm -hmm. like we beat the shit out of it and
0: that's awesome
3: we were always dumping money into it
0: yeah yeah
3: but anyway.
0: Okay, so the second Kailessa tour was the first time you'd been on tour.
3: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> How was that one?
3: <laughs> it was great. Uh-huh. We did like a whole U.S. tour, and it was like a DIY punk tour. I booked. I basically got all the contacts that Dammit had had.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, from Brian and Philip, and just kind of booked it, not really knowing
0: yeah. what I was doing. Were you cold calling people on the phone back then?
3: No. There was email. I just had I just emailed everyone. Oh yeah, because we're talking
0: like
1: 2003, so that's it crossed over. Yeah, right. Yeah,
3: I uh, I didn't have a cell phone. Yeah, and email was just the the easiest way to do it. And we played a festival in Berkeley that Prank Records in '65. One other record label put on called uh, Sabado, Super Sabado Gigante. Mm, I
0: remember that, yeah.
3: We were definitely the weirdest band on the bill. Mm. You know, like the hardcore revival like was in full effect. Mm-hmm. In the Bay Area. Just in general, like the MRR scene. I yeah.
4: mean, I mean, Mr. Waste was playing it, and like, you know, just yeah, the all, Waste like played, all other bands from. Inborn
3: Dad played. Yeah. I want to say Kung Fu Rick played.
4: Oh, yeah. You they, know, they did. They, they were they Yeah,
3: did. Kung Fu Rick played. A bunch of cool bands played. But that was the first time I'd been out to California. Yeah. I was just like, wow, this is great.
2: (laughs) So cool. Let's eat
3: more burritos.
2: Right.
0: (laughs)
3: Indeed. I mean, that was just, yeah, an eye-opening tour. It was a lot of fun.
0: That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So for both you guys, was that kind of your first big trip outside Savannah or had you done traveling outside then before?
4: I've done travel, like, before I moved to Savannah, the... I did a full U.S. tour with the band that I used to play with before Kylesa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely like the cool part is like the first Kylesa tour, like what Laura's talking about, you know, when we got out to the West Coast, it was like, you know, being in Savannah, like there was like a cool punk scene, but you get out there and you see like what the fuck it really is. And yeah. It was just yeah. so amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, like, oh,
3: there's so many punks you know, and, and
4: labels rockers. and everything. It's amazing.
0: No shit. And it's
4: like, you know, like we were like the same kind of people, but I just remember feeling like an alien because like we were just like, dirty southerner kids (laughs) because like you know like the bay area punk dudes are just like you know super like the stitching's like perfect in the you know like the look is just like there to where we would show
0: up with like
3: we were a little grungier yeah baggy
4: (laughs) corduroys. we were a little grungier
2: i
0: i think that's i think you're totally you're totally right there like the more like close to the street punk scene in the bay area and over where you guys are in georgia is like it's a little different
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our, our, our black jean jackets weren't as crisp with mm. the proper amount of studs <laughs> mm-hmm. or whatever. Right.
0: Like your guys' black is more gray because of all the grime that's built up yeah. over the years. The yeah, 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 yeah. Well,
3: also, we weren't a punk band. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, we played this like super punk festival with a lot of punks and then just a lot of weirdos or whatever. I don't think it was that cookie cutter. Yeah. But no, 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 no. Maybe not- a little bit, but.
4: No, I'm not saying cookie cutter. I'm I'm saying like. But you know, you know
3: yeah. I mean, we. It was we like, like the
4: whole, like you know, it was like the Jeremy Hush, like pictures or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, like the Punk Utopia. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <I'm
4: worried. laughs>
3: I thought it was awesome. I was like, I. This oh, no, no, no. It
4: was, was great
0: actually that that may have been kind of the start of a whole bunch of crossover happening in like the underground like heavy punk scene right it was the start yeah. because
3: yeah. we were one of the first bands to do that crossover kind of thing in terms of like punk and stoner rock or whatever yeah. and uh, like crusty stuff and Post-hardcore.
0: Yeah, I remember it used to be a thing. Like when I was a teenager going to like underground punk and hardcore shows, it used to be like notable that like, oh, a hardcore band is playing the punk show. Like, yeah. oh totally like, hmm, yeah. we should all take note of this right whereas now or like even like 10 years ago you go see like an yeah, underground yeah. show and it's super common now to see a bunch of like the the subgenres mixing together on a bill
1: yeah I think at the time though in the early 2000s at least up here in Seattle
3: I would say that yeah Seattle was always you know there are always certain cities that had that open-mindedness San Francisco was always one of our best cities mm-hmm. um, Seattle was always up there yeah. in Portland, yeah, because there was a lot of crossover, and there was that website for a while called stonerrock.com.
0: <laughs> I think there's, st- I think it's still a website. <laughs> yeah,
3: I don't think so.
2: Oh really? But
3: uh, there was just like forums, and I, you know, I, I like discovered a lot of bands from that website, and for some reason, those people liked our band, even though it was like way more metal mm-hmm. than the like stereotypical like stoner rock group yeah other than the punks those were the first people to give us any love so we were just a weird band in any scene you we were involved in <laughs> yeah so
0: but mm. h- highly respected
1: oh yeah i mean i i don't know i took to you guys right away yeah it was the first time as soon as i realized what you were doing it seemed totally right on to me i mean but i've always been more into the mm-hmm. cool crest heavy scene than the hardcore punk scene anyway so It always sort of uh, made more sense to me. And I like the weird stuff. I like anything that comes out and is different and catches my eye or my ear, as the case may be, as opposed to somebody
0: who just sounds the same. Same. Mm -hmm.
3: I mean, same here. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed.
0: So how long did it take then for you guys to just be like total road dogs? Because I feel like... By the time you were well on my radar, I think I heard about you guys like on that tour. I remember hearing about Super Sabado and reading mm. the lineup and being super hype and like a bunch of us like all threatening like, "Oh, we're gonna go, we're gonna go down. You gonna go? Yeah, we might go," and <laughs> none of us did. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure. But I remember having heard of you guys at that point, so the the rumors were already starting. So I think by the time you were actually on my radar, though, like when I got around to like getting your record, it seemed to me like you were already well established and touring regularly. How long did it take between that first tour and for you guys to just be out all the time?
4: There wasn't really even a pause. I think
3: really. we just were out the
2: time. You just yeah. shot out of the rocket. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> I mean, Corey, Philip, and I lived together. Mm-hmm. We had cheap rent. Uh, we all had some sort of job that it
4: was cool with the fact that we were to, able to leave and yeah. come
3: back and have a job. Mm-hmm. So we just hit it. We wanted to tour.
4: Yeah. And even with like you know the van issues we had, like um, we always had a trailer. Like a small, we had a really tiny, like four by eight trailer. Not a, you know, like even smaller than the five by eight. It was like tiny.
1: Yeah. But I like a smaller trailer more, frankly. <laughs> Things don't rattle around as much.
4: It, it was like cool until we decided to get two drummers and then it was like <laughs> horrible.
2: <laughs> like, the yeah, whole yeah, like like other story.
4: But no, like, so, you know, we had this trailer. So even with the van issues, like, um lore at the time had uh was it a Cherokee? Or an older Cherokee or something. I had like, like an
3: '88 yeah. Jeep Cherokee.
4: Yeah, and so we were using that, like with the trailer. We toured in
3: right? that a couple of times <laughs> on the East Coast. It sucked. Yeah, but yeah. Wow.
4: <laughs> and then, you know, we got the one van, but it was just like, this is an issue. Oh, let's just overcome it. And like we just like worked around every schedule and like we were pretty much out all the time, it seems like.
0: Yeah. I want to go back really quick. You were talking about how you guys all lived in the house together and sort of like built your lives around supporting yourselves, being able to go on tour. Yeah. I remember Akimbo stayed with you guys once mm-hmm. in Georgia when we played a show out mm-hmm. there and mm-hmm. you guys explained your situation to us. And I remember being so fucking jealous. So jealous that you were all able to like pull this off and live this lifestyle. So like like, open up on the details there. How did you guys make that happen?
3: Well, I mean, a lot of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we were pretty young. Savannah at the time was very affordable. Yeah. So Corey and I went house hunting, and we found this big duplex, big old brick duplex on a double lot. Uh-huh. It looked like shit. And we're like it's perfect
4: (laughs) it was like no one had probably lived there like probably in like four or five years or something like it was empty
3: we snooped around and then we called the number and they're like oh there's a for rent sign there (laughs) they're like they're like it's not ready that's funny well we're like we don't care we want it and they're because it was like it was 600 bucks Uh yeah so we were like we want it (laughs) and so they slapped some paint on it
4: and then we moved. We moved in.
3: That's awesome. And it was a dump.
4: <laughs> yeah, there was no like central heating and air or whatever. And like you know, like Savannah, uh-huh. that's like a must. You have to have air conditioning. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. but like they put in like two window units, yeah. like one in the front and one in the back of the house. And it, Laura took one of the bedrooms with the AC units. <laughs>
2: yeah.
4: And, and, All the bills were, like, were my smart. name. I was,
1: taking, oh, I was yeah. taking the good room. Fair enough.
4: <laughs> you know, like where Phil's room wasn't in where my room was, like mine was like in the front. And I don't know, like, I don't remember how old we were, like what was like 23 or whatever. And like, I was like, fuck it, I don't need AC. I don't know. Like it was the dumbest yeah. decision yeah. ever to <laughs> not take the AC. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I
3: mean, it was just, it was a dump. There were bats. Living yeah. in the attic, against, oh, yeah. like bat problem, and we
0: bats <laughs> in the attic. <laughs>
3: yeah, we'd have, we'd be sitting out on the porch, and like at dusk, they would shoot out of uh, the window from the attic and swarm the house.
0: It was like a or, roofline. Halo so that sounds fucking bats. awesome. I don't know why that's a problem. And we were like, uh, yeah, I'd be into that.
3: Well, the metalheads just moved in, yeah. you know. And- yeah. I mean, it was like a real problem though. Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) we, they had, we had to, yeah, we eventually when I was like, we're not paying rent until this is taken care of. They got rid of them, but you can't kill them. You have to like shoo them out. Huh? And then they're, they're, it was, they're, they're mm. like
4: poisonous, and it was squirrels. Yeah. yeah, like they're pooping. But it was like crazy, like when the guy came over from the pest company, because we were on the second floor, and there was a staircase that went to the attic. And I remember he was like, yeah, I'm going to go up there and check out it. And I was like, you're really going to go up there?
3: I was like, I don't know. I'd want to go in there. You might not come out.
4: He looked at me like I, I was like insane. He's like, of course I'm going to go up there. I'm going to see this problem. And I was like, all right, man. So he like opens the door and he like, you can hear him like going up the steps and he gets like halfway up Uh and just like runs down and slams the door and he's like, this guy's a pro. You got a bat problem.
3: (laughs) They were like, shit. They were just like
4: everywhere. There's a bat
3: problem. I can hear them in the walls when I'm asleep. It's fucked up. Oh
4: boy. They got like. No kidding. The whole company came out. Like it was like nine trucks and like a crane and all this stuff where and they're like, You have to leave. And we're like, All right, like (laughs) (laughs) there's there's all kinds of creatures that was it. There's like remember those huge spiders were also in there? Yeah,
3: and then like dogs were Remember the dog, the puppies we found under the oh,
4: house. Oh yeah, yeah, up. yeah. Man, that's like a common sedan thing. You always find dogs or pigeons.
3: I mean, it was like that house was crazy. <laughs> it's like
0: fucking Hogwarts or something.
4: It, it I know. Was, it's it was like,
3: it's, that house was crazy, man. I mean, the only
4: thing, the only thing that was missing was like the pigs and the the cows like roaming around. I know.
3: Stuff. I mean, that's <laughs> awesome. So we were able to do it. It was cheap, and yeah. we just did it. Yeah. And we, you know.
0: Did you guys practice in your house too?
3: No, we had, that was another crazy place, our practice space.
0: Okay. Oh, um, oh, it was so disgusting. I had this
3: practice <laughs> space from this punk band I was in before, Kailasa. And it was like this dilapidated office space from the 70s. Mm-hmm. So it had, had there, wood paneling.
4: It was also Dammit's practice space too, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, I rented yeah. it to them. Okay.
4: yeah, I got you. Yeah,
3: yeah. But anyway, it was across, it was just an old dilapidated office building and uh it was super cheap it was two hundred dollars for the whole thing i subletted it out to other bands but it was across the street from the projects in kind of a bad part of town at the time
2: Mm -hmm.
3: but we'd go play there and we'd play till like three in the morning and
1: no one gave a shit no
3: one gave a shit and it was really loud yeah uh so no one cared but uh, so a lot of adventures happened at that practice space, uh, like gunshots, yeah. tire slashed.
4: People coming up and busting. Homeless into- people
3: sleeping in the stoop, and then people coming up into the space where we're practicing, sniffing around or doing whatever. And yeah,
1: that's always fun when you got thousands of dollars worth of gear. Lit up. I know, I was so
3: paranoid. Um, <laughs> I mean,
1: we, were,
4: we were practicing one night, and I, I remember like some dude just like, like as you walk up the stairs and then we had a doorway that went into our side, like the stairs were in the middle of the place. Mm -hmm. And the way we were set up practice wise, like, Laura was the closest to the door. And I remember this dude, just like we're in the middle of some song and this dude just like bust in and grabbed her headstock.
2: What? Like, do you remember that?
4: Like, Like, and then like, we were all just like what you know and like all the rest of us are just like fist up like you know I never I'd never like, seen
3: Philip Cope move so fast Oh yeah that dude <laughs> moved He fast. was like over there in 2 seconds
4: And it and like the I'll dude was just basically trying to complain that we were too loud you know, which uh-huh. was like weird because like other than the projects across the street, there was like nothing around, you know, like No, no I thought he there. was
3: like, I just wanted to hear, I just wanted to jam and you know. Oh, he was definitely hear
4: like, hear like a crackhead, you know, for sure. Like being <laughs> weird. Like, you know? cops yeah. came
3: up a few times, but for the most part, it was it was all right. I mean, we saw some crazy shit. Oh yeah. But definitely yeah. saw some crazy shit just sitting out the front of that spot.
4: So the other thing about this was like the guy who ran it downstairs, had a barber shop and he also For
3: part of the time, yeah.
4: For part of the time. But he also like, you know, it was definitely like either they were selling out of it or like people were hanging around that were also selling, you know, like mm. and so there was like that whole aspect always around Yeah. But it was like this weird thing, I guess. Like we would see each other and we were like, okay, man, we know what you're doing, but I ain't gonna say shit. Like and they would be like, okay, we know what you're saying. So like they looked
3: out for us. Yeah, like Uh, none of our stuff. I mean, it was fine. If but if there was a game on, they would want us to wait till the game was over till we could practice. No
4: problem. I guess that's fair enough. No, 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 yeah, it was all really cool, you know. Like I think that's why we were able to practice there so long and like not have all of our shit stolen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I
3: mean they, they kind of looked out for us. It was there. All
4: right. We had literally like a shitty padlock on the front door.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, Igor and I had bought, there was like some, some, we went to home Depot. Cause it was like one of those old, the building is really old. So it's like an old school mm-hmm. glass, aluminum frame door. Mm hmm. And I don't even know if it was glass or plexi. It was plexi. It might have just been it plexi.
4: plexi. I remember that.
3: Um, so we like put all these bars up and like chained the shit <laughs> out of it and then just put like a padlock on it.
4: Yeah. I wish we took a photo of that front door because it like – I
3: have a photo of it somewhere.
4: Uh, the chains that were – it looked more <laughs> – it's, it's
3: awesome looking. It's so shitty.
4: It didn't look like security. It looked like, you know, like Judas Priest video. Like... It
3: definitely just looked like <laughs> yeah. <good to>, yeah. some <laughs>
1: Yeah. It was just a prop. <laughs> (laughs)
4: yeah it looked hilarious it
1: was i love
0: how unintentionally goth you guys were in your home lives you're living in a house with bats you're chaining up your practice space doors so good i know okay so before i cut you off Corey, you were about to tell us how logistically comfortable and convenient it is to tour with two drummers
1: Yeah, I
2: was wondering
0: about that myself. uh, (laughs) Why'd you get into that? Because, I mean, touring with one drummer is already a pain in the ass, so. Yeah, it is.
4: I don't know, like, you know, there's the whole story of, like, how it happened, but, like, to get into, like, the actual traveling aspect of that was this crazy thing, like, to where, you know, as a band we were like set up just for like two guitars, bass player, drummer. Yeah.
3: And we had a ton of shit then. Yeah. We we played full stacks and it was just loud, 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 Mm -hmm. big ass drums.
4: Yep. And I think (laughs) even like, I had like two bass rigs or something like two, like huge cabinets. And yeah, the drum kit that we had that as a band that we collectively bought, was like this huge, like
3: a 26 inch kick.
4: Yeah. And then the, the second drummer obviously had to have, like the same thing but more and yeah sure
0: great of course i'm not gonna <laughs> take so the funny. small kick drum oh that's so funny yeah, <laughs> yeah like
3: so there's this big ass kit
4: i remember like jeff like saying because so, he was the second drummer at the time with carl and i remember him saying like well carl goes to like an 18 so and he found like a 20 inch or something that oh, was just no like, <laughs> you know to have like the super deeper one like to fit that stuff in, like the trailer was compact the fuck, you know, like there was no room. Mm-hmm. And then, like we had to remove. Corey
3: was like the Tetris, like
4: oh, there's always a the bad Tetris, Tetris guy.
3: It was Corey. We should talk Carl. about that.
4: And yeah, even and in in, in the van, we had to re- take spaces up inside the van to even fit some stuff to where.
3: Yeah, we took that back seat out.
4: Yeah, so then like inside the van, you you have now five members instead of four. And, you know, we always Mm -hmm. at least try to travel at least one person, if not two. So, yeah, it was like crazy. And then, you know, we found out the craziness of showing up at like clubs and... Uh-huh. How sound dudes just look at Oh, I, like, I'm a sound and, engineer.
1: I know exactly what you know. I would say to you. <laughs> and I've only got one kick mic. Yeah. We're not,
4: we're,
1: we like, brought our own mics. We
4: brought our own mics. See, that's
1: what I that's where I was going with it.
4: We yeah, we brought our own mics. We, like, we thought of every little angle sound wise, but yeah, it's like every you know, we'd get in places to where we would look at it and it's like, how is
0: this physically gonna happen? You know, like, with all the shit. You guys weren't playing, like, big clubs and big stages back then. Yeah, not not at all. all. Not yet. So
3: it was very tough. Even
0: if you did have a stage, did you guys have a stage plot that you sent out to places in advance? No. Yeah, so that, <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, I mean, even
0: if you did, though, it's like That's, you can't guarantee uh, that anyone's going to read we it. We
3: did, but whether the guy looked at it, right. and, it, it wasn't until like we started playing bigger clubs and we always had a sound engineer tour with us mm-hmm. that it became yeah. much easier. Yeah. But for the most part, it was just space limitation on stage. Yeah. Even if the venue was nice, if we were uh, opening for a bigger band or if we were direct support and, yeah. and smush between you know it was always a cha- it was always a challenge mm-hmm. but you know you've become very good at problem solving uh being in a band and we just figured it out
4: yeah because at this point when the second drummer was at it you know back to what talking earlier like at this point i guess we were all ready like the road dog you know yeah like, mm-hmm. it was a new challenge but it was just something you could just look at and be like oh well this is just something we just got to figure out it's not a big deal you know
2: it
3: was you know more, you know, you think about just production costs, it was, yeah. it cost a lot more mm-hmm. to that way. But we wanted to be pummeling, so
1: yeah. <laughs> there you go. Just had to take it up one more notch, didn't yeah. you?
2: <laughs> to 11. What <Well>, works? <laughs>
1: yeah. How about we take a quick break and listen to a little bit of Laura's new band, The Discussion.
3: tour forever one year. Mm -hmm. Was it 2000? I want to say it was 2010.
4: 10 or 9 or something like that, yeah. It might have been 9. Sounds about right. Anyway, whatever.
3: We had been to Europe and somewhere else and then we had a US tour
2: and we were tired. Yeah, yeah.
3: We were tired Yeah, and it was like the metal, oh man, what tour? The Metal Metal Alliance Alliance tour. Oh boy. And it was actually a pretty good lineup, Uh but we got somehow swindled into this deal where we were just going to drive two Scions and follow a bus tour.
0: Two Scions? What? Explain the Scions.
3: So two cars. Yeah, I remember this time. Because Scion was doing those Scion Fests. Like we played Scion Fest in Atlanta. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. They were doing a lot of stuff with Adult Swim and they were just like sponsoring these metal shows. Okay.
0: So like here. At
3: that time period.
0: Drive these cars
4: on At that time.
1: Yeah, that's what they were doing, man. It
4: was like that. Or, well, even before the cars, Like I remember they were giving bands Scion swag, like T-shirts or socks or whatever. And <laughs>
3: It was just yeah. some marketing thing they were experimenting uh-huh.
4: with. They would give bands like money to go drop these off at their shows or clubs or whatever. And it was like, you would do it for the first two shows or whatever. Then you just like, yeah. jump the box <laughs> at one venue and be like, I did my they thing. Just leave <laughs> it. Yeah. You know,
3: they did not give us
4: money to do that. Okay. Oh.
2: that was just
3: part of the deal but um they gave us these cars for free to drive
2: yeah yeah because
3: by that point the van was long gone and we were just renting vans yeah and so we drove across country in these two scions and not enough people got insured to drive
0: oh no um,
3: (laughs) which was a huge mistake because then only like two people could drive Mm -hmm. the whole time and that tour just sucked. I was going through like some personal life stuff, mm. and and then we we're on the road like that, and I, yeah, I was just like, ah, this blows. <laughs> and and because we were like driving the whole time, so I mean, you're just driving because you guys are because yeah, you're, you don't you're get a chance to rest. Bus, yeah, you guys are so following buses, so it, like,
0: buses, which means they every can every
3: drive is hell. Yeah,
0: they can drive all night. Yeah, bus bus tours. Yeah. yeah. And you guys have to just um, follow in your weird car. <laughs>
3: I mean, it, it was really worse worse on the, the guys that had to drive. Yeah, but it, yeah. it still it wasn't comfortable either. I mean, it was like no like, <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Well, you know, Scion's not a company anymore, so you know. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and you know what? My butt hurt.
1: The,
3: the seats were not comfortable. Yeah. They were not cushy.
1: They weren't made for road trips.
3: Yeah. They were like city cars.
4: It was like a a four-door try, like driving for four or six weeks or whatever it was in those. It was like you can't lay down. And then, like, you know, in the backs, we had all the guitars and stuff stacked and luggage and whatnot. It was not awesome.
3: It was, we were all (laughs) tired. It was, it was like the last tour of a, maybe of an album cycle of Spiral Shadow. And we were just, we were kind
1: of toasted. Yeah. Dude, Spiral Shadow still one of my favorite records yeah i listen to, to that fucking record all the fucking time man
3: i think that might be my favorite Carlos. i really record.
1: really like it yeah i remember when those scions were happening uh my buddy nate who books for a bunch of bands would get those scions on the west coast for bands but it's not that bad because you're just on the west coast you know doing like yeah. a sort of west coast just a store.
3: Coastal, like a, a regional thing would be fine
1: Especially if you're borrowing cabs, you know, it'd be like no big deal, you know, but following a bus around, fuck that. Yeah. No way.
3: And I think we borrowed uh, Crowbar was the headliner Mm -hmm. or Helmet was, I can't remember, but we borrowed someone's gear and. Well, what
4: it was is that dude that was like Crowbar's tour manager Uh also had a backline company. So he like got the gear that we requested, but they had to carry it. It was Helmet was the headliner. And then Crowbar and St. Vitus were doing this like rotating support spot yeah, or whatever. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember that show.
4: Then we were next, but it was also like, it was one of Red Fang's earlier first tours. Oh, like which, yeah. You know, and then. Red um, Fang
3: was on that tour in the Atlas. Was it the Atlas? Mob? Yeah.
4: Atlas. Moff, and
1: then yeah. um, there was, it was a, couple- a pretty good lineup. Yeah. That's a great lineup. It's all yeah, over the place. Awesome. Yeah. No. Yeah. It was awesome. It was a
3: good lineup. It was just on the productions end of it, though. It was just hellacious. Oh, yeah. It was like not very organized, and they, I remember that there was like problem with the gear, and you know, typical yeah. shit.
4: The gear was just there was always an issue, and, and like you know, some of the stages we would get to, it it was like tiny. You know, it looked like a music store on stage. You know, with, like, <laughs> no. and we're like, come on, guys, like you know, we got you all know we have two drummers, you like, yeah, <laughs> you're, like, can you give us some space, like, or something, like it was definitely. An interesting tour (laughs) (laughs) but it was it was cool though like because like there's definitely like a lot of funny things i remember about that tour but it was it was awesome
0: so just from my perspective of sort of back when i was touring a bunch and just based on like jumping around from like show to show and city to city it was always common to see like kailessa patches and shirts and backpacks and jackets oh, and God, hats yeah. and all that stuff. From my perception, it seemed like you guys had a high amount of like crossover into a fan base that was like fringe lifestyles, like a lot of pretty like crusty punks. Oh yeah. People who who were definitely like Fringe lifestyle is a good way to put it, right? Like I'm not I'm not speaking badly about it at all, right? But
3: I I think you're I think you're right. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. I was one of those folks right there.
0: (laughs) Is my perception correct? Is that true? And if so, like I have to imagine you guys met some really interesting personalities and maybe stayed at some interesting places maybe we're stuck with some interesting personalities for certain amounts of time like
3: yes to all all. yeah
0: (laughs)
4: yeah we used to like especially in the early days you know when we were more like crust punky even like the following and everything that we had dudes would come up to us and like give us letters
0: oh i love it i love it to like
4: deliver to another crust dude who lived (laughs) Or train hopper or whatever in whatever town, and he'd be like, Give this to like JoJo, you know, yeah. And like, we started like joking about the where it's like, it was either like, you know, we definitely had the dudes who were, Oh man, like, I've had to pay five bucks to get into this show. Give me a T-shirt. Yeah, I deserve it. I'm your fan. You know, oh like, yeah, sure. Yeah, that shit. Then yeah, like the give this letter to so and so four days from now. You know, whatever town you're gonna be. It was insane.
1: <laughs> I think we even like joked about that. Yeah, like a, a bag that just says mail on it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, you
3: know? uh, the punk rock express was fun. And then we we'd meet people who wanted to maybe hop a ride with us yeah, yeah. to the next oh, show, yeah. and yeah. we'd be like, Yeah, sure, hop in.
1: Uh-huh. Uh huh. Sure. we met a
3: lot of cool people. As time went on, I mean the early days was definitely more of a cross punk following as time went on and we toured with toured different circuits and gained new fans from maybe different backgrounds. Uh huh. The fans just kind of broadened. Mm-hmm. The a lot of our early fans stayed with us. Some of them left, but a lot of them stayed, and then we would get all sorts of people. So not necessarily just fringe lifestyle people (laughs) especially with the later material um but Mm -hmm. definitely with the the earlier stuff it Mm -hmm. was more of that i suppose but yeah we've met a lot i still have a lot of good friends from those early days Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. especially maybe more so in europe because then we went on tour in europe for the first time in 2005 and then we were hitting the states and europe about the same but then at some point we just were hit europe really hard yeah
0: and it was more fun yeah and the smart i mean the the crust punk scene in europe is a whole new level you've got oh people squatting in abandoned buildings and building actual venues out of those buildings
3: Yeah. yeah sadly a lot of that is gone
0: yeah but
4: like back in those days those places would put any like really shitty spot in the U.S. that was like the same size to shame. Oh yeah, those dudes. Yeah, those dudes oh, yeah. like sure. had those places packed out just... like perfect. Mm-hmm. There was like the punk dudes mm-hmm. who were like squatting there, and they'd be like, "We're in charge of the PA," and they would make any like professional PA guy in the United States, you know, just like wipe a tear from their eye because yeah. they're so
1: good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, you know. Like, yeah,
3: I mean, we we're like it we was amazing right. without a sound person and be safe. Yeah, because they're all good and they all take their job with pride.
1: Yeah, there's a level of sound engineering in Europe that's a whole other story. It's true.
3: Yeah, not they're not like some jaded asshole who didn't make it and is like "Eh." pissed.
1: Don't get me (laughs) started on those motherfuckers. But you know, like also like
4: I feel like being around those people with our first one or two second tours in Europe, seeing those people, how they did it was just so amazing it yeah. made us when we got back to the united states be like anything you know that's why, like the band like just like hit it so hard because we saw that like yeah and you know like europe is full of these like people who live this like punk rock music lifestyle that never ends mm-hmm. in a sense you know they get smarter with it and i don't know it was like
3: it's just a different way of life over there and i think the kind of music we were playing is certainly more appreciated yeah. Then maybe so in the States. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think what we're talking about too is, you know, there's a whole culture out there around like living in a punk venue and treating it like your home. And it's not the job that those guys are going to, right. They're inviting bands to their house to come play. Right. And those. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Those bands are guests yeah. and you treat them yeah. like guests. You don't treat them as the commodity that's bringing the people through the door to get you your paycheck that night, right?
3: We certainly learned a lot about band hospitality from our mm-hmm. European brethren. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah yeah
3: and anytime i we would book a show you know we would try to
4: we'd go out of our way to like try to to
3: feed our guests and make sure they had a place to sleep even if it was on the floor make sure it was comfortable
0: i slept on your guys floor
3: (laughs) hopefully we're good hosts i don't know
0: (laughs) i mean it was a it was a party so yeah you guys were great (laughs) or
3: we would throw a party yeah Yeah. a lot of times it was a party
0: it was always a party
3: (laughs) yeah it was always a party
0: (laughs) Did you guys ever find yourself feeling a very real sense of danger? Like, we may not make it out of this situation.
3: That would be the breakdown in Erie, Pennsylvania. I felt a sense of danger when we broke down there.
1: Oh, how did that go down? Something
3: with our brakes.
4: went. No, no, no. It wasn't the brakes. What yeah. it was is we were leaving.
3: Youngstown, Ohio. The admissions from the Monolith Festival.
4: The admissions of the Monologue Fest. I'm driving down the expressway and I start losing control of the van. As in, like, the steering rack started messing up to where, even though I was holding the steering wheel straight, like the wheels were just like shooting back and forth. That's not good. You know, yeah. like it was like making it. And it was also like the added terror. It was where the um, construction zones on expressways where they put like the, the curb blockers or whatever. Yeah, the Jersey barriers. Exactly. Like to where it's yeah. like you're in this tunnel. There's no pulling off. And there's not like a lot of room to swerve. Oh, shit. Yeah. And it started like doing that really bad. So I pulled off like at the first exit that we can get to and i like told everyone i was like there's something wrong you know we we can't drive this god that's and the so, worst
0: feeling isn't it uh, with it the is. van I, it oh it was
4: frightening like driving it like because it's like you know
1: especially with the trailer
4: it, yeah the trailer it's like it would just like shoot off in one direction with no control
1: that seems unsafe
4: no yeah
3: so we like we like <laughs> roll to a stop In in front of this, like, we're on some back road and it was like a Saturday or a Sunday.
4: It was Memorial Day Monday is what it was like. Or no, it was a Sunday, the Sunday before Memorial Day. Yeah, so nothing's really happening. But we
3: rolled rolled by this, like, mom and pop, you know, small little place. Yeah,
4: this weird... Weird back road repair filling station kind of place. Mm -hmm. But the doors were open or something like a garage door was open. So we're like, well, shit, there's a mechanic there, you know, like we'll try our luck being like everyone's closed till like Tuesday. So I remember I walked up and this just like country bumpkin, like Hesher kind of looking dude. Like, I
3: mean, it was... it was, But not
4: like
1: Hesher in a cool way, like Hesher in <laughs> it the It was the like, like, like
3: deliverance. I was uh, like, how is this in Pennsylvania?
1: <laughs> well, Pennsylvania is pretty backwards.
3: It was some backwards shit, you guys.
4: I start talking to this dude. I'm like, hey, man, you know, like something's going on with the van, you know, like I'm losing control, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, all right, let's take it for a spin. And I was like, okay, and... He's like, you got to get those people out. I can't be able So I went and told everyone. I was like, there was like this little like creek that was like across mm-hmm. the street to where we were like, y'all go chill down there. So they and sent like, me,
3: Jeff and Joe and Carl and Carl down by the creek down. and Philip yeah. and Corey were going to do the talking.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> oh my
0: God. Oh, because it, was,
3: <laughs> it was like,
4: yeah. So first off the test drive to see what was going on. I had the drive. Because the guy straight up and told me as he got in the van, cracked the beer. and was like, I don't have a license, so you got (laughs) to drive.
2: And I was like,
4: all right. So we go and we do this like riding and we get it back and we drop the trailer, pull the van in. And his brother came out and started like talking about it. And they kept telling us, dad's going to be here. No, no, no. They called him
3: Paul. (laughs) <laughs> they're like, we have to wait till Paul gets back.
4: Paul's gonna and Paul's then gonna he be can take here. a look
3: at it and fix it. And like we weren't allowed to come up and talk to these people. Oh, I mean these were these like, were like scary looking people. Yeah, and you yeah. know and, I'm from the south. I've I've seen whatever. Yeah. It was like deliverance scary.
4: And so hmm. they like had our van, <laughs> they put our van up and they like jacked it up on the jacks and stuff to where like on the on the car lift. And you know, they're like poking around with it with a stick. And oh, stuff nice. <laughs> Come on.
2: <laughs> Jesus.
4: I just remember looking at that, being like, Oh my God. You know, like they're going like Paul's gonna be here. And so they pulled out pulled out these like seats so Philip and I can like sit. And they said, and they were like drinking and they were trying you know, to like offering us beer, but like I was like, Hell no, I ain't taking a beer from you. Like <laughs> and at one point they're like looking down and like, you know, like Laura and all of them are down there by this creek. And one of the dudes just like looks back at me and Phil and he, like you know part of my friend, but he's like, "Which one y'all fucking her?"
1: What? Ugh.
4: And we're like, uh, "What?" You oh know, my like, god! And then he like goes on to this like redneck fucking like thing about ah, oh, if I was in the band, blah blah. And we're just like, "Yeah, man, uh no." But we were like trapped because like our yeah, van is yeah. up on their lift. You so know, you're so like, it's like, it's
1: not like you got to play along, but you got to brush him off and fucking. Mm -mm. yeah
4: yeah yeah, because it's like we didn't fucking know what was going on and so then like paul shows up and wait
3: wait let me interject here before Paul, please so me and all (laughs) our guys are like getting stoned down by this creek oh good idea and we're just like (laughs) we're just like smoking as you
0: do Uh and
3: like chilling not really knowing what was going on but we had clear instruction not to go up there yeah Uh because because I was the weird-looking girl, and Joe and Jeff looked soft or something. And, <laughs> and what? dude, you guys don't understand these people. They we're not dealing with like rational, normal people. We are like no, oh, no. no.
1: we're not. No, I do understand. I, I'm from a rural place. I understand. We
3: were like at their mercy. Yeah, it was like deliverance. I remember being like, okay, I'm really thirsty. I'm gonna go up and get a soda. There was like a soda machine. And I go up there, and then Philip comes up, and like, Philip's like pretty paranoid, (laughs) and uh, he's like, "Okay, so I don't want to scare you, but (laughs) we're waiting on Paul to come.
1: Is it P A P A or is it P A W? -W. Yeah, yeah, Paul. Yeah, P A W. I thought you were saying Paul. Yeah. Oh no, it's (laughs) Paul. It's like a. It's like a.
3: Like grandpa. Yeah,
1: grandpa. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, I got it. I'm sorry. So, I'm up to. This Paul. Uh-huh.
3: All right. So he's like, we're waiting on him. They got our their van up. Corey and I are handling it. He's like, I'm a little concerned. We're not going to get out of this. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I'm like, what? What do you mean? Oh.
2: <laughs> I'm like, That's I, I... <laughs> not
3: what I wanted to hear. Like, am I going to get raped yes. and then like oh going to get God. mugged? And then oh, like we're gonna be murdered? Like, is that how this is going down? And I'm thinking, Oh my god, okay, I have a leatherman on me. Yeah, it's yeah, what are we going do we do? <laughs> yeah. And and then I'm like, Well, okay, and I had I had cotton mouth, I'm like, I'm getting a soda. Yeah. So I, I like <laughs> I'm getting a soda, I'm like putting in quarters and this dude comes up, stocky oh, no. guy and no shirt overalls <laughs> and i see his his feet are so dirty they're yeah, like he,
4: no shoes or socks no, no or shoes anything or socks. Socks. Like,
3: no so yeah. his feet are like black with like oil yeah, or sure. dirt and whatever and his little child who i don't know Six. Well, six well we don't
4: know if it was his child. It was a child that was his kid it
3: was a child. I like have like these quarters, and I'm you know putting in a drink, and he's like, I don't want a soda, I don't want a soda. And this dude pr- proceeds to lift up this like his leg, and I see like the black, it was like the blackest foot I've ever seen. And he hits his this child on the head with his foot.
0: Oh, my God. And he's
3: like, you ain't getting nothing. You ain't getting nothing.
1: And, oh, my God. And I God. was like, oh, oh no. shit. This is some country shit.
3: And I'm like, oh I'm just getting my Dr. Pepper, and I'm going back down by Fucking the creek rural. with the boys. Uh-huh. So... Then I'm like, okay. Philip says we're gonna die. Uh,
0: <laughs> I don't know we if may, we're gonna get out of this.
3: I don't know if we're gonna get out of this. that's <laughs> uh, so good. Our van is up on some crazy jack thing.
0: Yeah, they've got you. They've yeah. got you there. Your van's up. They have yeah. us.
3: They could just be like, give us the girl, or yeah. give us all your money. Yeah, or both. I was, I was I was terrified,
4: and then the f- icing on top was no cell phones.
3: By the when, way, no one has of course, cell yeah, phones. yeah, no cell phones. Cell
4: phones. Of course. This car pulls up to the like driveway. I don't know what kind of car it is, but it's like one of those like PT Cruiser, Air Roadster, uh-huh. you know, mm-hmm. like concept car kind sure. of thing. <laughs> it was this, so probably this, a Chevy. This like old redneck woman is driving it, and like I remember, <laughs> I, I, I'm in the garage with these guys, and they see the car and they're like, "What's this?" And they, like, all get up and walk. So, Philip and I are like, all right, we'll walk. And so, this lady, like, parts the car, and she gets out of this convertible roadster and walks around to the side and does the thing to where she, like, props her shoulder up on and lean. And she's like, y'all like my car? <laughs> you know, like... <laughs>
3: Dude, we're
4: watching this what? from like the creek and we're like, what? what's happening up there? And like, so the guys are like, hell yeah, man, this car is awesome, man. Like, it's like this roadster. She's like, I just got this. My son wanted on a game show. <laughs> What? And it was like this, like, redneck, like, no. going back and forth to where, like, I remember Philip and I looking at each other, like, oh my God, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like, where did this character just, like, pop out of? Like, and they're, like, talking, and she's telling them the whole, like, game show story, which. I don't even remember because I was like in shock. Yeah, I think it's too long, like,
1: too much. Just what is this?
4: And then Paul showed up. Like at that moment, finally. And it was like crazy because like when Paul showed up, the woman got in the car and drove away. Like <laughs> oh, and all the guys like we're like, oh, we gotta like Paul was there, so it was yeah. like game all. You know, it's it was like, like all right, know, Paul's here. No, no fool around.
3: No more bullshit. And-
4: <laughs> He literally comes up and he looks at it. And he's like, he's like, oh, you need more axle grease in your rack and pinion. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? We were here for hours. Yeah, we were there for like six hours. It, so he like shoots some like axle grease into the rack and pinion, and it was just like magic. That's it the dude. That's fun. it. Pa.
1: Uh, yeah. These fucking kids are the idiots. Like- <laughs>
3: <laughs> but remember how they all got our CD. And all the time, oh, yeah, yeah, I hear yeah. from the creek, they're, they're like blaring Oh yeah, They're, they're jamming they're like in their stereo and, and, stuff, and I'm like, okay, like, it's good. That is yeah, fucking yeah. killer. <laughs> I was like, we're good. They're listening to the CD, it's loud, yeah. they're drinking Dude,
0: beer. Heavy metal's a universal language. <laughs> we're,
3: we're good.
4: <laughs> Kylessa fans forever. The last like thing I remember, <sighs> I was in Paul's office and he was like going over, like we were working out a price you know, Mm -hmm. for the repair and stuff. And he was eating like a bag of microwave popcorn Mm -hmm. and his hands were just like gnarly, like grease covered. And he's just like dipping into the corn and like (laughs) licking his fingers. And he's just like, yeah, he's like, it's gonna be like uh, I don't know whatever the price was, and I was just like, done. We're, we're out of here. I want to pay this. Like, yeah, we're, we're not arguing this yeah, shit. Yeah, no, you're not
1: gonna go up against that guy, Paul. <laughs> no, come
4: on. No, no, no. Paul had that township or whatever. We also had some lady offer us a place to stay, and she's like, "You can play with the horses." Oh, <laughs> so we're,
3: like, we're like, <laughs> we're just like,
4: what? No, no, we don't want to do that.
3: We're <laughs> gonna thank you very much.
1: <laughs> no,
0: thanks.
4: I won't oh, sleep my with the God. horses.
1: Hey, John, have, have <laughs> I ever on this show told the story of Bloodhag in Arkansas?
0: I don't think so.
1: Bloodhag's probably our first or second US tour. We're playing in Arkansas. We've never really been there before. It's a Little Rock. The club is actually really fucking killer. It's big. Y'all have probably even played there. I don't know. Was that downtown music? Yes, I think so. Oh, it yeah, yeah. It was big and had a nice yeah. stage, and there was this bar in the back. And... and there was the record store next to it, the cool record store. I think was store. so. Or was there although... a cool record store? No, I don't, I, don't, I don't remember that. Was it
3: like a bar, proper bar? No, this was, was a club,
1: like a... like a rock club. Okay. So with a real stage and... The whole nine, like, okay. so we're on the stage and we're playing with no bands we've ever heard of. You know, we're basically on stage dressed like Mormons and we're yelling at people about fucking science fiction and shit, as we always did. And uh, about halfway through it, this guy said some shit to me and Jake <laughs> and one of us, your momed him, which I didn't realize <laughs> to a white redneck in this particular area. That might not he was like, What'd he say about my mama? And it turned <laughs> oh, into this. Boy. So oh, it turned man. into this whole thing. And I just assumed I was gonna have to beat this guy down with my fucking Fender Mustang guitar <laughs> and everybody else was gonna watch me and join in. So the guys hustled him out and they're like, No, no, they're cool, they're cool. And most people actually enjoyed it. We wait around way too late at this thing trying to find a place to fucking stay. We don't know nobody in Little Rock, Arkansas. Not one human being. So it's getting later, it's getting later, it's getting later. Our singer is like, hey, the bartender says that she can put us up. And I'm like, yeah, but that's the bartender and she's gotta close the bar down and we gotta be in whatever the next town is at two because we were doing these library shows. So we had to show up early and play like an early show. And so it just wasn't gonna work. So then this one kid comes up and he's like, oh, well, y'all can stay at my place, you know, whenever. And we're like, okay, cool. Okay, we're going to stay at this guy's place. He seemed like a kid at the time, like early 20s.
3: Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. And he seemed pretty nice. You know, he liked our band, you know, whatever. So I got in his truck, his little like mini truck to go pick up beer because, you know, this is one of those towns where you can't buy beer after midnight or some bullshit like that. Oh, the worst. I'm not used to that. I'm from, you know, the north where we don't have these rules in the northwest. Carve them all off into
0: the ocean, man. Get rid of that shit. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I know. So anyway, I'm like, okay, cool. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. We go to a 7-Eleven and there's no beer and it's pat just past midnight and they won't sell it to us. So we all meet up at this guy's house. But on the way there, he starts talking this story about his, about how he's been jamming with this guy from the neighborhood and you guys are totally safe to park your van in our neighborhood because there's not a lot of, and he used the N word, a lot And with his accent, it sounded like neighbor. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) He had a a real harsh, like Arkansas rasp is what I call it. He said the word a lot and talked a lot about his friends, which were his, apparently just his, you know, his neighbors. And... I'm, like, from Seattle. I've never heard a conversation. And I'm, I'm actually not originally from Seattle, by the way. I'm from a small town here in the northwest called Squim. And I do know redneckery, but this was redneckery beyond anything I'd ever dealt with before in my life. And uh, this kid was, like, a punk, you know? Like, he had piercings in his face and, like, all the shit. And so I thought we were going to be fine. He's calling all this shit. We kind of meet up, and the van is already there at this kid's single wide trailer. He walks in. He goes to his fridge and pulls out the one beer that he had left in his (laughs) fridge and he cracks Uh, it and he sits down in his one chair that he had (laughs) one chair that he had in his and turns on this, uh, torture porn movie. You know, I remember back in the day in the 2000s, when like, you know, like saw and all that shit was popular. Well, this is one that I had seen. I'm into horror movies and stuff. So I tried to bro down with him. I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, this is cool. And he didn't even say anything to me. He cracked his beer Hello. and he just stared at the screen until he was ready to go to bed and he's like, all right, good night. And he went to bed.
0: Nice.
1: <laughs> I forgot to say this. They walked out of the van when we got up and I went up to my boys, you know, one of which our bass player who is Jewish. And, and I was like, Hey, you guys, um, we might be getting into something that might be a little bit more than what you would, this might be some fucked up shit. So let's just yeah. keep it cool and we're just going to stay and we'll leave. I didn't tell him the whole detail cause I couldn't cause we didn't have time. And I said, listen, we're just gonna, we're just going to do this. It's where we're staying, but I'll tell you the story tomorrow. At that point, we were all so fucking freaked out that we just let the guy go to bed. We laid down our sleeping bags on his floor in his living room in this of the single wide trailer. We passed out and we woke up. I mean, I'm talking crack at dawn. Like none of us <laughs> argued. Normally, you know, there's a couple early morning risers and a couple people who are like late risers, and we'd complain. There was no complaints. We left him a t-shirt and a cd and we were like thanks dude little note and we got the fuck out of there and we left at like 8 a.m i mean i'm talking we got like no sleep we got like maybe four four hours of sleep so fast forward five plus years i get this text message randomly from my buddy ross who was the bass player in Ludacra. and he was in little rock arkansas Mm -hmm. and he was like Hey, man. Ross is awesome. Man. He's a great fucking yeah. guy. Great fucking band, too. You know, label mates yeah, of ours, awesome just awesome man. people. And uh, he's sent, so he sends this text and he's like, hey, dude. So it was really weird. There was this kid that came up and he had like these charged pillar spikes, you know, like the big tall ones. He had these charged pillar spikes and he's wearing a Bloodhag t shirt and he said that he fucking loves you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm hey, talking man. out of nowhere. Like, I get this text and I'm just like, I'm dying. You know, I didn't even. I didn't even know that That's kid awesome. even cared about us. So, you know, good for you, mm-hmm. you sort of institutionalized, racist little fucking <laughs> fucker.
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's awesome. Now's a good time to take another quick break. I think we're going to listen to Corey's current band. This is a band called Black Tusk. They will piss you off. So fucking good. With how excessively wonderful they Just are for a metal band. Fucking killer. <laughs> it's so
2: good. Oh, my
3: I mean, you know, it's not even like the people were unfriendly or, yeah. or, or racist.
1: Or either. Could be friendly and still be racist, apparently.
3: Luckily, we didn't really have you know, super dirt. Usually, if it was just super dirty, there was nowhere to sleep. Mainly if it was just disgusting. I mean, and like the level of disgusting has to be. Yeah, because like, you pretty,
0: guys live in a punk house. Yeah, it's got to be pretty
3: high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: And, yeah, and, and it got right. to be wherever we were staying was like, there was so, like a party uh, every night. So exhausting. You know, which is like fun. Yeah. But at, at some point, though, it's like you don't want to mm. do it, you know, like. want
1: to fucking go to sleep. That's it.
3: And and maybe have a shower. Oh, God forbid. And it not be, and, and yeah. it not be gross. <laughs> yeah. In the shower like we and would have Disgusting. like, that'd be
4: great. And we used to have this like thing, like even though like, looking back, it was probably not the best idea we had. But somebody would sleep in the van if it was like a shitty area that's or whatever. That's normal.
1: Yeah, and that's what you do.
4: But it, it's normal. But you know, like I will say this: like for bands torn, it's a horrible idea. <laughs> you know, just fucking let <laughs> yourself I think get... it's a bad idea. No, seriously,
1: I disagree. Yeah, I disagree
4: too. I don't know, man. Like I think get your shit stolen. It's better than like some person sleeping in a van. And like the dude breaking in, like having like some kind of weapon or whatever, you know,
3: it's a deterrent.
4: I gotta say, I'm with you. They're Laura not gonna break one. in, you know. I'm with floor on this. I one. hear
1: what you're saying, though, dude. I no, I hear what you're saying because I've been the guy in the van and been like, well, what happens if somebody wants to break in? I'm, bu- I'm basically just gonna leave the van and let them have it.
4: I've been the guy in the van and other yeah. people, and you know, we had shit like you know, I remember like Phil once like was sleeping in a van and like some dude like. Pounded on the window or whatever and he was eating cheetos <laughs> so cheetos were all over his face you know like like the no. cheeto dust he woke up philip and i remember he, like he looked at philip and he said something like suck my dick white boy like, <laughs> you know like that's yeah, all right keep in mind th- this is like the best part about philip is like <laughs> he had these like stories <laughs> like no one would say that to me or anybody mm-hmm. else it was just, like he just had this attraction <laughs> to the, the uber weirdo but like you know, I, I slept in a van where, like, I, like, had to pound yeah. on the door or whatever to scare someone in a way. And it's, ter- it's terrifying. <laughs> like, you know, it's like.
3: I remember in Oakland, Brandon slept in the, the van and someone tried to, tried to break in. Yeah, yeah, And he started yeah, yeah. barking like a dog.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and uh, scared the scared the people off. It worked.
4: That's so good. No, it it works but it's just like i don't know like nowadays we pull up to somewhere i'm just like i'm like fuck it it's all replaceable like i don't give a fuck i'm not gonna get shot or stabbed
3: and and then there are times when we would fight over who could sleep in the van because the place was such a dump oh yeah that it's just like
0: yeah there's there's definitely a lot of those it's like i
3: call the van i call the van yeah I call
0: van. The van was like the Hilton. Like. There's a legendary Seattle band. I think it's Fits of Depression. And they used to tour with, a, they had a bunch of like pro NRA stickers. And they would put them all over their windows. And then they'd actually put shotgun shells on the dash. And that was nice. that was their deterrent from people breaking into hey, their van. It's
3: like, that's how it works,
0: man. We had NASCAR stickers yeah. all over.
3: NASCAR. Yeah. And like, I think we had a, well, I mean, Anti-cop magnet stickers. I guess is what I meant to say. Um,
4: oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had like FOP, like the federal police officer yeah. stickers, and then NASCAR stickers, just anything, which is like hilarious. I'm sure whenever cops pulled us over, which happened quite a bit, they would see all this stuff and then like go in and they look in and like these dirty ass punk kids are just like yeah. hanging out in a van with no AC. <laughs> like, obviously, they're not like FOP
0: members. Like totally. You guys ever get fucked with by cops? Like, they ever, like, see a bunch of punks and be like, oh, yeah. oh there's definitely drugs in here. Like, we are going to get these kids out, right?
3: The Canadian border. Oh, we,
0: Canadian, um, yeah. For sure. We got fucked with cops a lot.
1: Europe, a bunch.
0: U.S. Customs yeah.
4: with the van all oh, the, like the time. Oh, like, on the way back, of course.
1: Um, but on the way into Canada? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. With you?
4: I mean, we, we've, we had, like, multiple, like, different yeah. scenarios. Like, we, we've definitely been fucked with, but then there was, like, one time to where, or there was a lot of times to where they would just, like, you know just like shoe us in like get out of the way and then you know it's like if uh, throughout the years if you know like some member of the band had like a legal mm-hmm. issue we always had to deal with it and it was always like something like i don't know like a weed possession oh, yeah. or something like stupid been there. you know coming back in the united states man we'd get hammered hard i remember one time we came back and um i pulled up to the border the crossing guard and like the guy just like shoots out all this fucking shit and he's like do you have any and it's like bah, 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 you know and like he's like beer prescription drugs marijuana yes, yes heroin yes. like he's like listen <laughs> and like we had a cooler mm-hmm. and there was like beer mm-hmm. in the cooler prescription drugs like we did have prescription drugs that like
2: yeah different people, people needed, were prescribed
4: sure. and legally but no so like we had all you know so i look at him like uh yes and he's like so you're admitting that you have legal drugs on you no we have beer and tobacco and stuff. So we had to like pull off mm-hmm. and they like pull us all out, you know, and like they're like circling the van and they would pull me out separately. Cause I was driving and they opened the a trailer uh. door and they're like unload. Oh yeah. They make, the make you worst. unload the
1: trailer. Classic.
4: And I remember saying like, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I got to get somebody. Like, I can't lift yeah, this heavy. shit. You know what?
3: I will say, you always had a really bad attitude going through the Canadian border.
2: Like, <laughs> Corey should never drive oh, going Why is he driving? To the border. Never.
1: Laura, you should have been driving. <laughs>
4: and I, even to this day, like, Anytime like I get pulled over or whatever, like I am saying some shit that I shouldn't say and
3: I remember like one time and we got separated and they're like, So where are the drugs? And I'm like, There are no drugs. And they're like, You better get your story straight because we're asking the same questions from all these people. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. da, da,
3: da. And we all had different driver's licenses for some reason. Like we're all um like I saw a North Carolina license maybe yeah. and uh. You had a high oh, yeah, so like and they Kentucky's were like, license, real but... suspicious about mm-hmm. that, like, you know, <laughs> licenses, how do you know one another, are you sure they're going to say the same thing, where are the drugs, where are the drugs, and it was like, there are no drugs.
1: Yeah, like, a drug dealer would cruise in with three, four thousand pounds of fucking guitar gear. Give me a fucking break. Yeah.
3: They <laughs> were just bored, I guess.
4: But although, I will say on that, we were on this one tour, and I believe it was the Mastodon tour we did. To where we were in Canada and we were coming back and we didn't own a van at the time. We were renting this thing. And for whatever reason, we decided that we should put all of our merch, like all of our T-shirts in garbage bags. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we had that's because the other way they would fit. We, we would yeah. have to like smush them in between the cracks. Yeah. We have yeah. no room for anything.
4: So So we, we like pull into this border stop and of course they like make us pull into the garage or whatnot and they open the door and just like all these black trash bags <laughs> just like pull out full of stuff. <laughs> you know, and of course like you know those guys are like they're thinking oh, like hit, oh here we go. yeah we got <laughs> them like,
2: <laughs> <and laughs>
4: so like of course they make us all go into like the room you know yeah, like i've been to that they're room. like you know they're pulling all of our shit out and a side note on this i was insanely hungover Mm-hmm. to the point to where it was like Maybe
1: that's the problem
4: i well no i wasn't driving like we had this other guy driving and so like it was like the thing like before oh God, we that's like, right that asshole who was the, driving like, was getting
3: off of pill a pill addiction and was a major asshole
4: yeah 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 and yeah. of course we didn't know this <laughs> yeah, that, that any was...
3: of this <laughs> until later
4: somebody who worked with the band was like we found the driver for you guys
3: our fucking booking agent manager yeah. vouched for this dude who was like a pillhead. oh no <laughs> that's a whole other fucking shit to go and
4: so anyway we're in this like waiting room and i'm just like there and i'm just like oh man i'm totally gonna throw up and like i like tell everyone i'm just like oh my god this is gonna happen please throw it well no like everyone's just like don't you dare don't you dare do this like and i was like all right and like i remember they like pulled us all out and they're like they had all these like plastic bags like laid out across these tables and they're like which one's got the drugs and we're like man there's no it's drugs motherfucker. You know? they're like, like i don't
3: know they all look the same
4: <laughs> and so all this shit's being said i can't even remember when because i'm just like sitting there like i'm like man i'm about to lose this Like, I'm about to throw up all over this place. (laughs) That would have
3: been that would have sucked, but it would have been funny.
4: Yeah, agreed. Oh, but at the (laughs) time it was terrifying because I thought, like, oh, if I throw up, that's some kind of a mission of guilt, horrible guilt. Yeah, you know, like
1: like i swallowed something it turns out like it would have been yeah, a lot exactly. funnier if you would have just puked on me
0: in places like the, like, like the drug condom popped no, in your yeah. stomach yeah
1: exactly. no exactly
4: yeah. and so they end up letting us go you know it's like everything was like cool and we're like driving out and it was like soon as we passed the thing that said welcome to united states i was like pull the
2: fuck over <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so i think Kaylessa was you know really well established in a subsection of the metal scene where there were not many confident women fronting a band laura did you have much experience getting creeped on by dudes at shows because it was kind of rare
3: uh i mean yeah maybe yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Corey says yes.
3: I mean, but I, I mean, more creepy than like being in a normal bar. Yeah,
4: sure, I guess. I mean, I'll say it's like she handled yeah. it pretty good. Like,
3: yeah, I would say like there are some inappropriate moments of like creepers where I would try to like laser beam one of my bandmates. Like,
0: yeah, hey, yeah, sure.
3: come over here, save me. And sometimes mm-hmm. they would. Sometimes they'd be like, oh no, you're just getting punished but
0: um
2: oh, no.
3: most for the most for the most part like and I, I know a, f- a few times like i pretended that Corey was my husband or i pretended that philip was my
1: husband mm-hmm. a couple times just mm-hmm. to play it off just to make it easier yeah i just
3: wanted i not want to be bothered oh, or, yeah, like, yeah. or like someone yeah. was being really persistent uh-huh. and i had to be like no this is this is my husband like back the fuck
1: off yeah so, oh, yeah i got gotcha.
4: you lord do you remember when you told you told the person james was your husband
3: stop hitting on me he's my <laughs> husband that was i think that was in where was that italy
4: france it France. it was in france james the drummer for black tusk like lore was like i guess we
3: did a show we did some festival and
4: you know, some random show or whatever regards like some dudes like it's all like about lore and he's like just pesting her about it and she just looks at James and she's like, That's my boyfriend or husband or fiance or whatnot. Yeah, I said something. But he just he went on this like tangent, was like, who that? He he's such lapete you know, and he started like making fun so of James has like a small
2: feet. <laughs> <penis. laughs> oh was so oh, and, like, oh he's like, my you God. like,
4: <laughs> yeah, the whole time we hang at this bar, this guy is just like, but he's so lepita. He's like, but me, he's like, I'm a, I'm a man, man, or whatever oh, the fuck you're saying,
0: like bummer.
1: <laughs> well, that would be that person's nickname forever if he was in my band. <laughs> <laughs> On a whole other story, yeah, it totally I, I is. Even, like, uh, yeah, Corey told
3: me that recently. He's like, remember that one time? Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like. Especially early on, I got oh, you play guitar really well for a girl.
1: Oh yeah, uh. even in early two thousands, that shit was still for a girl. There was still that for oh, yeah. a girl. Um, yeah.
3: that happened. To, that happened a few times for a girl, and I,
0: uh.
3: I, I would always have a pretty clever comeback.
0: It still happens.
3: Does it still happen?
0: I think in, so, like, yeah. our I think it scenes? Does. Yeah. It, it does? I don't know about the music yeah, scene. Yeah, uh, it but, definitely um, happens. Um, I mean, I'm sure it does, does. Music scene, right? It's got to. I've talked to Gwen, who's a good friend of ours. Yeah. She goes on tour, and she's constantly Her. mistaken for a girlfriend of one of the band members in the band, right? Like They
3: used to think I was the tour manager or the merch
1: girl. Or the merch girl. Or oh, the yeah. bass player.
0: Merch girl.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, three. That's the only things you're allowed to be if you're a woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily yeah, in that order. Yeah, it was order, usually but...
3: tour manager or merch, merch girl. just like, yeah.
4: it was also like even in like whoever is like the the most like popular woman, whether actor or actress or you know like pop star. Like because at the time when we first start touring, like the whole Osbourne's show was like a big deal. I remember like people. People would, like, say, like, you know, like, not, like, at shows, obviously, like, at, like, gas stations or truck stops. You know, they would think she was, like, Kelly Osborne or something. (laughs) Because of just, like...
3: I had dyed black hair at the time.
4: Yeah. I just remember this one time in, like, Detroit or something where we were playing some house show and we parked where we thought the show was and we're like walking around and he's like little girls see us and they like say something to laura like oh it's kelly osborne and laura's like i'm not mm-hmm. fucking kelly osborne <laughs> and these little girls like i had the best comment they were just like <laughs> you are rude just like the tv show like <laughs> you are her like <laughs> <laughs> you are <No> her. Way. <laughs>
1: that oh that funny. is so funny oh, that's totally funny Oh, Jesus. Laura, Corey. Yeah. Thank you so
0: Thanks much. Thanks so much. Thank you, yes. Guys. Absolutely. Thank you, Laura, Corey. We did so it. So fun. I'm so excited. Dude, <laughs> touring in a Scion? Oh, yeah, I remember. I, don't, I remember. God. I didn't do it, thank God. That's the kind of thing where, like, if you haven't done it, it sounds cool. Yeah. Like some car company is like, hey, sure. buddy, come go on tour in a brand new car. It's not your van. You don't have to pay for it. Yeah. it's like just it get in and have fun. Just your legs and your back God, and everything else, your pride. How fucking awful that must have been, <laughs> especially on a bus tour. Oh, yeah,
1: just following a bus tour. Oh, Ugh. and then they made the mistake <laughs> of not getting enough drivers. Well, and that's one of those. At least we
0: got this Scion. We got this cool box yeah. car. Jesus um, Christ. And you know, I gotta say the um, the Pennsylvania repair shop story—it's a classic, dude. That's up there. That is a classic. Some of my favorite shit we've ever heard. That was so funny. Even uh, my story
1: of what I thought was some of the most extreme redneckery that Bloodhag had ever dealt with. You know, we're a genteel band. Apparently, you know, we're a bunch of nerds. We wear glasses and shirts and ties. Mm -hmm. But I will like to add an addendum to that story that I should have added. Which is when we played that club, it was a big club and it was a big stage. It was Mm – you could have fit two bands on there pretty easy, you know, like a back line and the whole thing. It was a big stage, and behind that stage was a huge, ginormous, two-story Arkansas flag. That was the backdrop to the fucking stage. Oh. So can you imagine being from Washington – it's basically a Confederate flag with different colors. Yeah,
0: I was going to say, that's the one that looks like the Confederate <laughs> it flag. It looks just right? like it. It
1: just has different colors.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> and
1: we walk in. We bust up laughing because we couldn't believe it. Can you imagine if we did that uh. in Washington? You know, like at Numo's, you've got like all these bands from out of town playing in front of a giant picture of Washington's head and the green flag. I mean, it doesn't make any sense.
0: It doesn't make any sense unless you're trying to send a message that your state flag that looks a lot like the yes. Confederate flag should be understated.
1: And I think I should have <laughs> mentioned
0: that because I believe that... That's,
1: that's why a minor we were so. <laughs> that's why we were so uptight about it because we knew we uh-huh. were in redneckery land. We knew that shit was going down, and that flag was so big, and that one guy wanted to kick my ass. The whole thing was just very confrontational. Everything about you Arkansas know, was confrontational
0: for us. I'm really glad you brought that up because it's a detail like that that will just spin your night in yeah. a weird direction. Yeah. on Tour. You show up to a club and they have a Confederate flag hanging somewhere, and right? you're like, um. It puts a spin on everything <laughs> that happens that night. That just like, I don't know, it just adds a little bit of bitter to yeah. your honey. And you
1: don't want it to go all green room on you. You know what I mean? I mean, you don't want it right. to get all
0: like, oh, shit, are all
1: these bands um, Nazis? Yeah,
0: <laughs> totally. Yeah, it, it kind of puts you in the, in like a different headspace where you're like, okay, I'm going to try to have fun tonight, but I can't really you can't cut loose, loose and have because fun. You're... Because at some point, we're going to have to get the fuck out yeah. of here. Yeah. <laughs> Whew. All right. If you want to support Laura and Corey, which, which you, you should, should. thediscussion.bandcamp.com is where you find Laura's music. Yep. It's fabulous. Get it? It's really good. It's really good. Get it? I've enjoyed it for a while, and then coming up to the show, I listen to it again, and I'm like, fuck, I got to order this record. Yeah. It's really good. I know. It's like getting the downloads, which is what I have. Is It's almost like...
1: That's one of those ones where I should have to, and I I gotta say the same thing about Black Tusk. I feel like there's at least Mm. a couple of those that I actually need to own on vinyl.
0: Totally, you know what I mean. Totally, yeah, same deal. Blacktusk.bandcamp.com is how you support them, and yeah, they're just fabulous. If you like any of the many, many subgenres of metal, Mm -hmm. there's something there for you. I agree. Black Tusk, (laughs) so good.
1: (laughs) They are right there. They are on top of it. (laughs) Hey, John, you know what? I want to play my favorite Kylesa song before we get into a little more nerd talking. Of course.
0: I realized, as I was listening back to the edit mm-hmm. of this interview, there are a ton of music sub-sub-genres. Oh yeah, we just toss terms. them out like
1: spices, just
0: boom, 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 boom. They're just like, like we just talk mm-hmm. about them and, and then we move on. And it, it occurred to me that maybe some people out there have no idea what we're talking yeah. about. <laughs> when we, we sort of like prattle off these music sub-genres. I thought it would be prudent to do a little crash course in some of the sub-genres that are discussed today
2: massive morning no dudes talking about nerd stuff
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we'll start with post rock and post
1: punk post punk being the precursor to post rock post rock would not exist if it wasn't for post
0: punk yes and and this is Part of my beef with this term is it doesn't really describe the music. No, it doesn't. Like the descriptor is something that came after the thing before it, so it doesn't really help you. I would say that post-punk, it doesn't explain the sound. Post-rock
1: does though because post-rock kind of became a clear subgenre fairly fast. And so, let's go back Happened in the late mm-hmm. '70s, early '80s. John, I know you probably got a few bands you want, but uh, early bands that were considered post-punk: Joy Division, Gang of Four, yeah. Killing Joke. You know, these are people who started subgenres themselves. You know what I mean? I mean, Killing Joke started a whole subgenre. You know, industrial metal. That didn't happen before that band. So the post punk was like yeah. these bands that were like, listen, we don't wanna sound like the Sex Pistols. We wanna do something a little different.
0: Yeah, and to help people who don't know the term, it's actually kind of literal. It's the bands that were influenced by the movement but didn't sound like the movement, yeah. right? So they they listened to punk, they grew up on punk, and then they played shit that wasn't punk but was informed by yeah. punk so it's post-punk yeah same as post-rock post-rock is kind of like it's like rock fundamentals with sort of experimental aesthetics yeah lots of delay and lots of yeah. not
1: necessarily jamming although if you think about battles they're almost jamming but <laughs> right definitely spacier bigger uh more epic sounds you know isis is a band that comes to mind uh when it comes to. yeah
0: for me like the quintessential like post-rock band of my timeline mm. is slint oh yeah I highly recommend. I think they're like, kind of like the first post rock band, really. Like if you think I about it, I think so. It, yeah. Yeah. If you want to check that out, definitely listen to Slint. Get the album Spiderland. It's, uh, it's one of the best. Super important in many ways, existed. as well as just informing you on post rock.
1: And then, uh, you know, I think it kind of came to a head with the band Explosions in the Sky, who did yeah. the soundtrack to that uh, TV show that was all about football. You know what I'm talking about? Friday Night Lights. And uh, it's just funny because the band. Doing a soundtrack makes sense, but a band doing a soundtrack about jocks doesn't make any sense. And but anyway,
0: it's it's just a thing that happened, and it's it's totally real. It just happened. Except <laughs> it Totally <We're> real. On. <laughs> <laughs>
2: the
0: next one is shoe Oh yeah, which is so we throw out shoegaze in this one. Shoe gaze is it's kind of a weird one. It's typically like guitar pedal, like, effects heavy rock mm-hmm. music with, like, ethereal details, like, sometimes in the vocals or, like, leads. Maybe soft vocals or... Yeah, yeah. There's, like, I've heard the term applied to, like, droney bands mm-hmm. or, like, really loud bands or sometimes really quiet bands. It's like, I think that the typical, like, sort of, like, thing that draws it all together is this sort of, like, a gloomy mood. Yeah, <laughs> and definitely lots of you effects.
1: Know? And if you think about classic shoegaze bands, My Bloody Valentine is, like, a yeah. quintessential example. Curve, uh, what's what's some other ones? Even like some of the, if if you recall, there was this also a subgenre called Britpop, which was kind of I don't maybe right. that's right around your time when you were coming up too. So sure. Th- so they were playing together. And um, one of my favorite bands in the whole entire world, Loop, is a really good, really heavy, oh. super grungy. I don't know. Them. Oh, dude, you would love them. They're like. They're like if Mudhoney did a shit ton of acid and just washed out all of their instruments with fuzz and everything. It was like just super, super heavy, super
0: loopy. Uh, speaking of my soul. Yeah, no, you would it. really like it. The thing I like about the term shoegaze, it kind of got coined by the press who were describing the bands of this yeah. this genre because the during the live show, the players would spend a ton of time looking down at their pedals yeah. instead of the audience. It's yeah. the term. And they'd have great light, at their light shows. Another really yeah.
1: good band, Spaceman 3, which is one of my favorite shoegaze bands, they're very seminal, very early on. They ended up being the band Spiritualized. And that band, talk about a light show. I mean, it was incredible. You know, it was almost like if you took like an RB band from the 60s and slowed it down and gave them all a bunch of heroin and then <laughs> put a brand new light show on top of it. It was just like, whoa. Like they had backup singers and everything And it really 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 spacey and really good man i'm a huge fan of that subgenre yeah. by far
0: i would say early radiohead yeah. counts as shoegaze and then honestly i think they're still kind of a shoegaze band i think they always were personally sure some people say dinosaur Jr. is a shoegaze band yeah. i eh. i laugh in their yeah, face yeah they're a grunge no. band i put them with the yeah, big no. capital they're- g they're a rock band <laughs> shut the fuck up they're not a shit band. anyways the next one uh, this is my favorite one we talked about today crust punk or crust yeah I mean there's
1: crust punk There's cr- which is the beginning then there's crust metal there's the crust scene
0: yeah Um. you know what are some I think, quintessential patches you would wear if you were a crusty well, so, punk so, <laughs> the, you're hitting it right on the head and that's where I'm going is, <laughs> crust is kind of characterized a lot by the fans yeah. like almost more so than, than the bands who actually like play yeah. the music that get associated with it but it's kind of like it's more of a lifestyle yeah. than it is music. Because the music
1: genres kind of span a little bit. I mean, it technically crass is a, <laughs> crass is a crust band, which makes no sense whatsoever. You know what I mean? Like if you think about yeah, crust, sure. you know.
0: I don't know if I call crass a crust band. I think to me, like the original crust band is a punk band called Discharge. Yeah. Like that's the one. Progenators of the D beat. Yeah. Yeah. And uh Amoebix is another and one is another one yeah filth is getting into slightly more contemporary yep. and then like you've got like tragedy yep. and uh, I would put From Ashes Rise in there too you know, uh, I don't want to fuck with From Ashes Rise but they're basically just a tragedy
1: rip off band but they're a great fucking band Ooh, we're gonna
0: fight <laughs> uh, we're gonna fight they're after a great, this they're a great right. band but
1: tragedy came first <laughs> and his hero is gone was before that and so yeah So yeah. but I think really yeah it is more about like to me like coming up through the punk scene in the late 80s the Crusties were the ones who had dread and I had dreads, you know, and there was bands like yeah. uh West Coast bands like um Crucifix and Subvert. Oh yeah, Crucifix. Yeah, you totally. know, you know, yeah. bands that were like called peace punks at the time. Not crucifix yeah. not Crucifix. crucifix. Different band.
0: Two different bands. Two different
1: bands. Totally.
0: Both very crusty. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> crucifix being way more like <laughs> seminal punk rock and crucifix being yeah. like the next, I would say the next wave of that. Uh but definitely, um, you know, anti-war, um, pro-peace, you know, like train, train jumping, dreadlock, having anarchist, very anarcho, yeah.
0: like like very
1: anarchist sort of like aesthetic. And in case you yeah. don't know me, which you might not because you're just listening to the podcast, but I would say that that is definitely one of the main scenes in which I became a, a human being
0: was <laughs> fuck yeah, man.
1: the Crest punk scene, fuck yeah. And I've always been a real fan, and I mentioned it later of you know crust metal and. Especially the Bay Area crust scene has always been a huge influence on me. And uh, I just, I still love it. You know, neurosis is another
0: one where you just like, holy yeah. shit. I was going to say early neurosis. Yeah. And I just, as we're talking about it, I was just thinking um, capitalist casualties. Perfect. Too. Totally yeah. put them in there. Man, this is so fun to nerd it out is. with you, Jeff. I know. But we should probably keep going. Okay, fine. Um, Stoner Rock. We talk about Stoner. Oh, Rock. yeah. Pretty self descriptive, but in case you don't get it, it's kind of like. um. It's a fusion of more like contemporary metal stuff with classic 70s blues yeah. rock. It's typically like a blues riff slowed way the fuck down and played very loud. It's basically the evolution of Black Sabbath. Yeah, Black Sabbath and Pentagram,
1: <laughs> you know, the two original yeah. Doom bands as well. But then they got turned into stoner rock because everybody got stone. <laughs> and then there's the whole thing about desert rock, which happened to, which is another stoner rock subgenre. And I think now I just feel like it's anybody who has a blues based riff that plays through a fuzz pedal and you know plays nice and loud. And,
0: That's kind of it. You know. There's a handful of bands that are a little bit more recent that can just give you the idea real sure. quick. I mean sleep, yes, obviously. Obviously, yep. Electric Wizard, mm-hmm. Weed Eater. Yep. It's good stuff. It's fun. Quintessential shit right there. It's fun. It's a good time. It is. Good time with the family. It is. Yeah. Psychedelic rock. Yeah. AKA Acid mm-hmm. Rock. What's that?
1: Well, I mean, if you want to know something weird about my family is my dad was an acid rocker in the 60s, so he would like grew up listening to like Led Zeppelin and uh, Pink Floyd and Jimi Hendrix and Blue Cheer. Oh, I love Blue, Blue Cheer. Blue Cheer's like almost a quintessential stoner rock band as well. Deep Purple is another one, you know? Some of that Yardbird stuff. I don't know, any. Oh, yeah. I think a, another band that I wanted to mention a lot, if you haven't heard of them, and you probably have, but 13th Floor Elevators and Rocky Oh, Erickson. yeah, yeah. I mean, we're talking like classic quintessential psych rock right there you know it, in many ways it doesn't get any better than that and all the various weird 60s bands that are not that obscure
0: that i just mentioned such a wide lineage word because it was, it was mostly about like bands who just kind of wanted to like replicate the feeling of being high through yeah. their music right yeah, which sure, is like Jefferson genre spanning and <laughs> apparently grateful dead although i listen to them and i'm like what
1: is psychedelic about that but i'm not at Dude, the show I, and i'm not I, I know, high on no, acid I'm, so I, I
0: can't get behind grateful
1: dead, i don't know but um you we're just going to put a big down on Grateful Dead from John and I. It's a
0: two X's. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, you've got like, you've got jazz, you've got blues, you've got like raga, you've got prog rock, like a ton of genres sort of like scrape up against We're in- psychedelic stuff. I'm definitely not a pro in this area, but I mean, absolutely, like, there's some John Coltrane records that are psychedelic. Yeah, I mean, as fuck. it's such
1: a huge, like, sort of overarching idea. Yeah. That you can't, you know, and I think any band that calls themselves psychedelic, they better bring it. You know what I mean? Because Yeah.
0: Mahavishnu Orchestra. Word. I don't want to yes. hear any
1: boring bullshit. It's got to be fucking, you know. And, and a lot of the shoegaze is also psychedelic, you know, post-punk psychedelic. Sure. I mean, come on, you know. Sure. There's psychedelic stoner yeah. rock. I mean, fuck, listen to Sleep While You're High as Fuck. It's pretty psychedelic. Let's put it that way.
0: Yep. And so the last one we we sort of throw out there, we've talked about this a bunch on the show, too, yeah. is hardcore. And the hardcore revival. Yeah, but it's funny happening. because
1: there was the hardcore with the capital H that happened, mm-hmm. which is a bunch of straight edge floor punching jocks. And that's what I'm going to call them. And I'm, <laughs> I am have friends that were like that and I don't even care. And then there was this next thing that happened that got lumped in with the power violence scene. And it was yeah. like bands that were like, no, we like hardcore punk. And they're like, well, what do you mean? And like, well, we like Black Flag and Blast. And we like, you know, we like hardcore. We don't like... We're not playing hardcore with a capital H, which you kind of have to look it up, just if you don't know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Like,
0: it's weird. Yeah, it is. It it's kinda, weird. Hardcore punk started in like northeast America with a handful of bands, probably most notably Bad Brains and Minor Threat, and then it kind of just like exploded from there. Orange County,
1: that and Orange County, those are the two main places. I mean, Black Flag, arguably the first hardcore punk band of
0: all time. I'll but, argue that. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if I agree. I don't know if uh, I agree. You can just look at when their records came out, dude, 1980. I guess for me, the hardcore scene, the, the signature has been like that ultra fast like edge of punk rock. That's where the Minor Threat thing comes into the Bad Brains, where it's like, oh, I can't believe it's running right. that fast. Yeah. Right, and I think Minor Threat is the band that's known the best for it, but in multiple interviews, they have said that they were just trying to rip off Bad Brains. Yeah. And if you go back and listen to the records now, Bad Brains is clearly the better band. <laughs> Bad Brains They're and Black so Flag,
1: those are the two best bands. If anybody tries to argue with me, we're going we're to <laughs> thumb wrestle over it, probably.
0: Uh, but anyways, in the uh, mid to late 90s, there was sort of like a, a surge in the underground punk scene where a ton of bands were kind of like embracing that foundation that sort of was started with the, the early hardcore punk bands, and they all sort of like pushed it harder and in different ways. Yeah. They might be more
1: technically better, like logical nonsense. You ever fuck with that band? No. That band was amazing. They could play any kind of hardcore at any moment, and they were so fast and so technical. Oh, my God, they were so good. Love it. That's from right from the time we're talking about too. Logical yeah. nonsense. Those guys were great. The
0: bands I remember the most are um, like Artemis Pile, who we've talked about a bunch on the show, and we'll talk yep. about it again today. Rambo was one. Mm-hmm. Um, Limp Wrist
2: crossed yeah, I out. Yeah,
1: love Limp All good. Yeah. I mean, and again, the power violence scene, which is a whole other sub sub genre, was crossing over all at the same time, and you know things are so circular. At this point now in history, it's almost like all we can do is talk about (laughs) it. It's all happening right now. It doesn't matter what kind of music you like. You can find something out there that is really, really, really good in whatever subgenre you think that you're into. Are we done? Yeah, I think we're done. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I think we got a few more episodes this season. I think you'll be excited about some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about. I say that
0: every time, and every time I mean it. Uh, Yeah, season... Is ending, what is time anymore? I don't know. What is a day? What is a month? Today is Blur's Day. Tomorrow's Blur's Day. No one knows. Day. (laughs) Let's make up
1: days.
0: (laughs) We're just going to make up days now. (laughs) The calendar is dead. All right. Thanks for listening to our stupid podcast. (laughs)
1: Tomorrow We Die is sponsored by Isotope, makers of software for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. We've been using Isotope and their products to clean up audio on every episode and, in general, make my, Jeffrey, the engineer's life a whole lot easier.
0: Yeah, the podcast is fun. You know, we're cracking beers and spinning yarns and. Flopping around memory lanes, <laughs> yucking it up. But there's this whole other side of doing this show that is all caps real work. Oh, yeah. And it takes a ton of time. And yeah, Jeff, Isotope.
1: Definitely makes my life easier. I've been using the RX plugin the last couple episodes, especially. You know that we are on internet audio right now because of COVID and everything else. So I gotta say, these plugins have been a huge help and they've allowed us to keep having fun while socially
0: distancing as we should. <laughs> Go to isotope.com slash ruinous and use checkout code ruin10 for a 10% discount on all their software. That's com slash ruinous and that's checkout code ruin10 10%. We live
2: in a city of craze, tear it down
0: and build it up again. Tomorrow We Die is sponsored by Georgetown Georgetown Music, a musician-owned shop independently operated by folks deeply rooted in the Pacific Northwest live music scene.
1: Your community oriented source for new, used and vintage instruments, as well as all the supplies that go with them. They're now at their new home in Burien, Washington. Visit them at 232 Southwest
0: 153rd Street, Burien, Washington. Check out new deals at georgetownmusicstore.com That's all one word, of course. And follow them on Facebook and Instagram to get all the latest arrivals, or just call them at 206-602-4324. This show is about touring musicians telling incredible stories from their lives as they remember them. Humans are generally pretty great, but we all know that memory fades over time, and that in the moment, people interpret situations differently based on their personality, background, state of mind, drugs they were on, intoxication level, etc., etc., etc. The important thing to get across
1: here is that at no point should these stories be considered hard facts or perfectly accurate portrayals of real events. If by some chance you were there for something that was talked about on this show or know someone who was and heard a different side
0: of the story. If you feel we've been inaccurate or misrepresentative in any way, please don't hesitate to reach out, help us set the record straight. Tomorrow we die podcast at gmail.com we'll read everything and to any road worries out there who might be listening we want to hear your stories too if you
1: have a crazy moment from the road you want to share with us then please drop us a line on email
0: write it up as succinctly as possible please we don't want to read your autobiography and if we have the time we'll read it on a future episode feel free to plug yourself in the band as well again the email address is tomorrow we die Podcast, all one word at gmail.com. And once again, I'm Jeffrey McNulty. And I'm John Wisniewski. And this is Tomorrow, Tomorrow We Die. Die. Find us on the internet. Our website is www.tomorrowwedie.com. And remember, that's two W's T O M O R R O W W E D I E.com. On Twitter, we're at Tomorrow We PC. Instagram, at Tomorrow We Die Podcast. Facebook page is at Tomorrow We Die Podcast. Our email address is tomorrowwediepodcast at gmail.com. And the show is published on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, and SoundCloud. Podcast produced by Jeffrey M. McNulty at
1: the Pachinko Parlor in Seattle, Washington. Additional editing by Joe Plummer and Chris Dewey. Background music is by Noel Frequency Impulsor. Tomorrow We Die is produced in partnership with Ruinous Media. Check out the rest of the Ruinous Media family at ruinousmedia.com and on all the major social media platforms.
0: Thanks so much for listening.